Trainer. Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Hello, beautiful human. <laughs> we have Dan here. Hello. And we have Connor Maynard here. Hey. Woo! Here's the deal. Oh, stop it, guys. Stop. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, all day, man. I, Thank you, bro. The, the last time we really had a quality hangout was on Thanksgiving. Thank, that was the day I met you, right? Yeah. Thanksgiving 2017? Yeah, it was. Yeah, 2017. <laughs> at your, at your part. Do you still live there? Uh, I live across the street now. Okay, wow. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Relocated. <laughs> yeah, literally 150 feet. <laughs> Perfect. But that was like, your first American Thanksgiving, right? That was. That was the first time I'd ever spent Thanksgiving. Well, I'd ever celebrated Thanksgiving because obviously we don't celebrate it in the UK. So that was my first Thanksgiving and you and you were there. So much pressure. Exactly. Who else was there? Yeah. Uh, it, Connor was there. Casper Lee was there. Okay. Well, actually, there kind of wasn't much pressure because I had nothing to compare it to. Yes. <laughs> it could have been, for all I know, you could have given me the worst Thanksgiving ever. And I was like, this is great. But I, I didn't need you to watch like one of the movies or like Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving yeah. to see what everybody else had and then exactly. start comparing. No, it was so good. And there were cool people there. It was fun. I had a great time. Cool people. My dad was there. Was, yeah. yeah. Cool people. Oh, <laughs> exactly. wow. What a crowd. It was really quite a soiree. Yeah. It really was. Um, But it was you and Casper Lee and I've known yeah. Casper for a minute and you have such a cool group of friends over there right. in England all across the pond but yeah, from here man. I guess across the freaking country and then across the pond exactly Um, but you, you guys travel a lot it's a close group and I feel like you guys have each other's back is that yeah, the right definitely. thing to say? We've, uh, we've, we've been hanging out for the last like how many like four years I think we kind of all became a collective we actually have we actually have a name we call ourselves the buttercream gang oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's purely <laughs> I know it sounds weirder than it is basically um, I don't know if you guys remember there's an old movie and I've got it on like VCR or something like I'm, I think my like grandma bought it for me when I was really young and it's basically about this like I mean I'm not gonna go into it too much but it's basically about this like gang of kids that like they call themselves the buttercream gang and they like ride around on bicycles and they like help like old ladies cross the street and stuff. Oh, wow. It's like a really lame gang. <laughs> it's like a really lame gang. And like we were one one day in the summer in in in, uh, in London, we were riding around on these uh, Boris bikes, everyone calls them. Um, and they're these little like bicycles that you kind of like pay and then you take them out of the little it's docking station. Like you... a city bike in New York. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And um, we just thought it was hilarious to call ourselves the Buttercream Gang, and it stuck. That's still our WhatsApp group name and everything. We call the Buttercream. And it's me, Casper Lee, Joe Sarg, my brother Jack Maynard, um, Mikey Pierce, Josh Peters, who they were YouTubers, and then Byron, like, and also Ollie White, who's another YouTuber as well. What what a crew! There we go. We need to get the ourselves lamest, the lamest cool crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you guys help each other. You guys all have influence. I exactly. Mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, you guys are a force to be reckoned with over there in London. I, well, I feel like you know, it's, it was we were all kind of doing our own thing, and we were all kind of reaching our own success. But the, I guess like when we started really working more as a group, it, it definitely changed um, a lot for a lot of us. So it was it was a really cool. Josh Peters, what is his what is his talent? I follow him on Instagram, and I right, want... he has endless talent. You'd be you'd be surprised. <laughs> no, he has, get the he has endless talent. He's very he's a funny guy. Josh Peters is a funny guy, and he's and he's best friends with Casper. That's a talent in itself. <laughs> No, I'm I mean, I not gonna lie. I, I think I remember many times Casper t- trying to convince me that he has no talent. Oh no, that's Casper's thing. Casper's selling point is that he has no talent. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, listen, it works wor- for a lot of people. It's <laughs> really working for him. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's something special. We have a lot of music to dive into because, dude, I've been a fan of yours for a very long time because Thank uh, you, I, you are one of the godfathers of the cover. Right. You usher. I in- invented the cover. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was the first person to cover anything. No. Um, but no, I think um, <clears throat> I was definitely one. There was, there was a kind of a few of us who. Um, because I started my YouTube channel in like, my my YouTube channel was actually created in two thousand and when was it? Two thousand six. Wow. I think so. Think it's like thirteen that. years old. My YouTube channel. That, I mean, that's one of the not one of the first channels ever, but I mean, first year. Well, I think it's two thousand and five, two thousand and six that YouTube was like kind of came to light. I re- <laughs> I remember the first time I ever heard of YouTube. The, my first experience of YouTube was, um, it was. This basically my 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 mum our, our internet provider back then was AOL back then <laughs> and we had this and we had those and they were doing this like running this story on like oh this new website called YouTube and it was and the only videos that were really on there were these like kids I don't even know what country they were in but it was definitely an Asian uh, country and they were lip syncing to like famous like American songs <laughs> and, and, and they're doing like in their like IT classes. So it was like in their like, in, it was in the middle of class and they were just lip syncing to these songs. And that was all, the, that was the only <laughs> videos that were on YouTube at the time, I think. And I remember seeing it and think it was really funny. And then um, I think that was the first video I was ever made with my friends. It was us like lip syncing to like big songs at the time. And then we, and then I started making stupid videos of like, I like made these like mini little I don't know like four minute like movies type thing where it was like the, and they were just stupid they were like com- the comedic and then I deleted all of them when I turned like when I realized when I turned like fifteen I was like this isn't cool anymore like, <laughs> I mean girls literally aren't talking to me because of these videos like I need to get I need to get rid of the evidence is so it like, fifteen you turned to music yeah is it fifteen when I started like I, I started really getting into to music so what is it covers was covers was how it started I'd never written a song in my entire life I didn't even know that I was able to do that so I first started just by singing other songs. Um, and I really enjoyed that, and there was a lot of different styles of music I really liked. And then, um, yeah, I remember it was like it was this one day at school. This because kind of growing up, especially like in the UK, I don't know. I, basically, like being a guy, I think definitely at school it felt less accepted to like sing or dance and yeah. things like that. That was kind of seen as something. At school, it was just honestly that's the way it was. It was just seen as something that more girls would do. Girls would sing, girls would dance, boys would we play football, we'd do this, and that was just kind of what was socially accepted. Um, when I was going to school, and obviously this is like well, how many years ago now? Twenty six now, so it's like yeah, over just over ten years ago. Not that long. Ago. And yeah, exactly, yeah, and um, and so I kind of kept it pretty quiet that I like to sing and that kind of thing. Um, and then even if I did, like a couple of my friends knew, but like even if I sang in front of them, it'd always be this kind of like, oh yeah, that's cool, like let's go play football now. <laughs> <type> thing. <laughs> like they, they were like, yeah, whatever. And then it was actually the moment I kind of sang. Um, uh, I was. I was with my friend and we were kind of walking down the road after school and this this girl that I, I, I knew kind of well overheard me singing. And then it was her reaction that like started, like she kind of to thank for all of this. Like, was, because I was just singing this song and she like freaked out. She was like, what the hell? Like you have an amazing voice. And I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, it's so good. And then, um, and then yeah, after that, like she told like everyone in like my school that I could sing. That, that and then one moment of validation really changes your life. Literally, it really did because she then told everyone like all like everyone that she knew. She told all of her friends, and then they all came up to me the next day and were like, "Oh, we've heard you can sing. We want to hear you sing." So then I sang for them. <laughs> what I remember song it was, was "Cry it? Me a River," Justin Timberlake. Wow, that was the song. I remember it Dude, like you, so vividly. You aim high. 
It was the most female attention I'd ever had. So I, re- I remember that moment pretty vividly. Still? And, uh, Still yeah, today? To, to this, yeah, exactly. And, um, and I sang it in front of them, and then, yeah, everyone freaked out. And then it kind of became this thing. Like, people just knew that I could sing. And then... when did, um, Why did you want to start singing? How did you even know you had the talent? Did you just, like, mess so around one day? I did, I did a few things. Like, even when I was young, I think when I was, like, seven years old, my mum took me to this um, stage, like, stage school type thing on 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 saturdays i'd go on weekends and um just because i think she noticed from a young age that i seemed to like not have much trouble like i don't know like it wasn't like i was performing but for example like she one thing she always used to say was that when we go to the doctors i would just end up standing in the middle of the waiting room and just singing out loud and she was like that's not what like other kids would do (laughs) other kids would literally sit in the corner and like you know hide behind their mom and i was kind of standing in the middle like and it was almost like, it wasn't like I was performing to people. I was just like lost in my own like bubble, like just singing like whatever song I just heard on the radio and kind of like like swaying along to it. And people would all be like, they're like, what is this kid doing? Like, why is this kid like not so, he's not very shy. And then uh, she just took me to a stage school because of it. Like literally because of that, she was like, wow. I think he might enjoy entertaining. I don't really know. Like let's, he's very young. Let's see what happens. And I loved it. I loved doing it. And then. Um, I went, I would go every Saturday and that carried on until I was like 15, 16 when I was too old to go anymore. And then I, yeah. The and then YouTube had... changes everything. Yeah, YouTube. And the only reason I uploaded to YouTube because I was actually uploading everything to Facebook Whoa. for my friends to see it. <laughs> and then I suddenly thought to myself like, you know, you, you watch like shows like X Factor or something and you'll yeah. see these people go on and they're like, you know, their friends and family have honestly told them they're incredible. Mm-hmm. And then they sing and it's the worst thing you've ever, and you're like... <laughs> Oh my god! Like their friends and family really told them. Like they, they, and like sometimes you'd see the parents. They're actually delusional. Like they truly believe that their child is incredible at singing, and they're really not. They put and I was here. like, what if it's the same for me? What if my friends just because they like me, they're they tell nice. me they're just being nice. And I'm actually terrible. And I thought, how can I find out? And I thought the only way I can find out is YouTube because that's random people. Yeah. Strangers aren't going to lie to me. They're going to tell me if I'm terrible. You <laughs> utilize YouTube as like the gauge of like, are you onto something exactly. or are you wasting I your time? I literally use YouTube so that <laughs> I could I could get like the, the, the opinion of people I didn't know. <laughs> that was it. I, I understand that because yeah. it's not until you actually reach the public that they don't care who you are. They're no. going to be honest and brutal oh, no, no matter 100%. what. They and like some people were slated for different things and like they would go in on me and then and I was like wow it was my first experience of hate comments I was like oh wow this really hurts <laughs> <laughs> but um and I I luckily quickly learned how to deal with that and I yeah and then but it just it blew up from there which is kind of more of a blessing than a curse because if you can deal with it at a young age you're yeah. kind of almost I mean words will always hurt but your skin is tough no hundred percent I, I mean, think it, you're it, a sponge it, at fifteen it, 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 it's you know I think. It is kind of difficult, and I think some people deal with it in in different ways. And I, I, I just, I was very lucky. I think that my kind of the way my mind worked, it, I, I just found a way to not let it affect me that much. And I think it's down to loads of things. I think I even like, I even had to kind of almost, I almost had to like use my ego to a to a certain to a certain point to like kind of just make myself think, well, they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, you mask like, it exactly. Just basically just say, well, they're just wrong. That's their opinion, and I don't agree with it. Whatever, like if they don't think it's very good, I just, I completely disagree, and we'll have to disagree. And I don't take it to heart. A lot of people will see a hate comment and uh, and it'll make them worry, and they'll they can't. I, I have friends who do music who like who if they if they see like hate comments, they they don't deal with it very well, and it's and it's. Zach Show. Hey, beautiful human, real quick. Sorry to interrupt. If you're considering going back to school, you gotta ask yourself the following questions: Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits that you need transferred? 
do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of those questions, Arizona State University is the perfect school for you. ASU offers over 150 highly ranked degree programs, 100% online. You're going to earn the same degree as you would on a campus from wherever you are on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. If you want more information, text Zach to 35517. That is Zach to 35517. We'll put it right here. Learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 87% of ASU grads are recruited within 90 days of graduation. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. To learn more about ASU Online degree programs, text Zach to 35517. That is Z-A-C-H to 35517. Back to our conversation. Zach Sancho. Is that it can like, be difficult. Is that an understanding on your part of also how wide your videos actually reach? Because a lot of your covers, when you do the back end of those videos the right way, yeah. they can get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of views. Yeah. And you're, ta- you're talking to a lot of passive people of course, yeah. who might only interact with just that one video. Well, one of, like, one, of, like, one of my closest friends, his name is Anth, and we do so much of our music together. We, we've actually got this thing where we say, when it starts getting hate comments, you know it's done well. <laughs> That's literally our thing. So hate comments are actually seen as a very positive thing for us. Yeah. Because... Once it starts getting hate comments, you know that means it's reached outside of your core fan base. Yes. And if it's just getting love, 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 you know, well, then it hasn't reached the masses of people that aren't going to like it. there Because there's always going to be people on, on the planet that don't like it or think it's trash or think it's terrible. And when you start getting those comments of people being like, oh, my God, he uses so much autotune. Oh, my God, it's this. You know that it's it's reaching people mm-hmm. that aren't your fans. And it's just and it's being put in front of them and they're watching it. And that's like so, a different level of culture. Exactly. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's definitely and it's a different level of success as well. It's a different level of like, it's it's the difference between you know getting like one or ten or whatever million to like getting as you said hundreds of millions. That's when it starts reaching the people that hate you <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. That you know, if you're going to reach a hundred million people, a couple of million of those people are not going to like it. And that's and just that's the way just, it is. Th- that's just the way it is. Yeah. I love hate comments. Exactly. I love when we get hate comments on our videos. Yeah, it's just like you did something. You got a reaction out of someone. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, and, and some people are like that. Some I'm, I'm the same way. Like I, I see it as a positive. Some people don't. Some people really find it hard to deal with. I feel like if it's all positive comments, it's just the same people watching all your yes. videos saying, "I love you, oh, I love you." I'm like, watch this one again. Yeah, that makes me happy. Okay. Why? Well, know yeah, it makes it definitely yeah. makes you happy. You love those comments. Yeah. That's right, I do. And by the way, I get I got crucified the other day by somebody in the comment section saying that I should uh, talk to more people in the comment section of our YouTube channel. Yeah, I, I should. Sorry, I'll do it. There we go. Just keep the love coming. Yeah, please don't hate me. Don't, don't let it stop. Love me. How long after you put out your first video did you see your your fan base growing? Or did you uh, see the videos it took a couple of years. Up? It took like it at first. It was nothing. It was it was, um, you know, I, I remember when I first started doing videos, they were getting like a couple of hundred views. And I was really yeah, really like a hundred, two hundred. Like, not 100,000, like 100. What did you think about that in that moment? Like, oh, my God, there's 100 yeah. people who just oh watched it. Oh, my God, it. I've made it, Mom. <laughs> I'm not doing my homework tonight. <laughs> if you want to speak to me, you can speak to my assistant from now on. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, no, I, no, I think I, I, I gauged that pretty well. I remember, I don't think I saw 100 and thought, oh, my God, I've made it. Like, I remember just thinking, oh, that's cool. Like, I, I don't think it really, like, hit me. It was, it was when it, I think it was my first video to hit 100,000. That's when I was like. Oh wow! Like I couldn't believe it, and it also happened out of nowhere. It was so random. What, what do you remember? The it video? was a cover of "OMG" by Usher, and <laughs> I did it with my friend Anthony. It was our first ever collaboration, and that's why we're still best friends now. Because 
we did this um, collab together. It was our most our most successful video by far. And then um, and then we did another one that hit a million views. We did another one that hit ten million views. So, what do you realize? What do you realize about your partnership after you put out OMG? We it's 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 I think it's kind of like two. I think people always love singing and rap together. It's just a thing that's it's been proven to work um, for so many different artists. I think because it, it, then it caters to like a much wider audience. Some people love rap way more than they love singing. Some people love singing way more than they love rap. It caters to both of those um, groups of people. <clears throat> um, I think you know, especially it's, it, it, it's at school. As I said, going back to the whole like, oh, it wasn't cool to do that. It's like a lot of people would think, oh, it's only cool to listen to rap. I'm not listening to singing or whatever. And then other people would be like, oh no, I like singing. I don't like rap. That's too. I don't like it. And I think, as I said, it just caters to a much wider audience. And I think that it was really complemented each other. And, we, and 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 we're very much on the same wavelength when it comes to music. We have the same ideas. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's how it works. And, and, we, you, and we just get along. I mean, and other than that, we just get along. You're still together. I, exactly. We're still like we're still like best friends. So. I saw the two of you at the Alesso show. Exactly. You yeah. guys, thick uh, as thieves. Yeah. There we go. Dynamic yeah. duo. Exactly. Much stronger than Casper uh, yeah. Lee and Joe Stone. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say it, but I Torn said it. Torn apart. <laughs> Just, but, like, let's make it clear. If, uh, I, I, if we I, have to do I, a <laughs> Mary kill right now, <laughs> Joe Snug, Anthony, and Casper Lee. I don't know these people. Oh, what? As in, they're closer to, I'm closer to Anthony and I am to them. Or the, yeah, well, well I want to, okay. I thought you meant our, mine and Ant's friendship is closer than Casper and Joe's friendship. No, no, no. I think, oh, I, okay. I think you're definitely, Anthony is your ride or die. Right. Am, am uh, I wrong in saying well, that? Well, I've known Ants for like almost double the time I've known them. I would still consider Casper oh. and Joe like my closest friends, but yeah, I've, I mean, I like live with Ants, so it's kind of a different Where do you, level. Do you live in, in Hollywood? Yeah, we live in Hollywood together. Yeah. So, are you a hundred percent here? Not a hundred percent. I go back to London almost all the time, um, but I spend the majority of the year in LA. Well, that's good to know. Exactly. Look we can, at you. We can have more Thanksgivings together. Although I'm actually not. Wait, when is Thanksgiving this year? What, what's the date of Thanksgiving? <laughs> Third, third Thursday of November, right? right? It's always that, okay. Because I think, wasn't it was it my birthday when I came over to your house? No. Because my birthday is right next to Thanksgiving. My birthday is 21st of November. It's always right next Wait, to Thanksgiving. Wait, maybe it was. No. This year it's the 28th. Okay. So this, this is the furthest away it can be. Because mm -hmm. it's seven days apart. It's seven days away this year. Apparently you know it's more always... about Thanksgiving than us. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's because it's always the third Thursday of which we'll put it somewhere around the 21st. That's correct. So maybe yeah. it was your birthday. Can yeah. you look up Thanksgiving 2017, 17. please? Of I feel like it was my birthday. The 23rd. It's two days after my birthday. Yeah. Oh, it was close. close. That's my, my brother's birthday. Yeah, you were dealing with a lot of drama that, that Thanksgiving. Was I? Well, it was around uh, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here drama. Oh, my goodness. It, yes, it was. It yes, all, you're right. Oh, wow. Thanksgiving to remember. Yeah, that really was. But, Although I, I actually for, had forgotten about that until yeah. you brought it up. What is that? Yeah, no, my my brother did a TV show and and he got removed from the TV show. And it, was, it was a big... We're not going to go into it. No, it's, 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 kind of a, it's a bit of a bad story, but it was... I'll it Google was, this one. It was a lot. It's one. It's one to Google. Definitely. I mean, he's gonna hate me for bringing up. But, you know, I brought it up. We've all learned from it. So, so yeah. Hate how much I love you. That is the, the record that's out right now. Yes. I want to dive in 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 depth in a second, no, but I go, really great record. Thank I directed you. the music video. Yes. There's a lot here, but before I tried to get you to do an F Mary kill with Joe <laughs> and Casper, we were talking about covers. Beautiful Monster cover is the cover that kind of changed your life. Which one? Beautiful Monster. Yes. Is that fair to say? Yeah. That was my first ever cover to hit a million views. 
a million views, but also the attention of Neo. Yes, exactly. And then Neo connects you with your manager yeah, uh, at the time. Kind of. So the story is is that Neo saw the video. So basically what happened was I, I, I was starting to, you know, build up a certain amount of success on, on YouTube and, and I was kind of getting this like I was getting I was building a fan base and and I started getting like fans like posting on my Facebook page and stuff and my like my personal Facebook page and and it was all kind of becoming this thing and then I was getting these emails from from managers or people who were claiming to be managers or whatever um saying oh we'd love to take you on we'd love to you know work with you and I, I remember being like what the hell and my, my current manager now still has a joke to this day that my mum then kind of panicked and picked up the phone to the most expensive law firm in London. <laughs> the most expensive lawyer that she could... I think she just Googled lawyer <laughs> and picked up and, and called the first number that came up and they're still my lawyers now. Um, and basically said, we're getting all these contracts from from managers and whatever who like to look after my son. He's a, he, he, he posts music on YouTube. We need some help. We need some guidance. We have no idea to, how to make sense of any of it. Uh, the lawyer looked me up and was like, oh, cool, yeah, I, I can work with this, definitely. <laughs> and um, and basically around, exactly around the same time, Neo saw the cover of, of, of Beautiful Monster, uh, which I always thought was really funny because it means he was definitely searching himself at the time. He was like, oh, let's see, let's see how our song's doing. Oh, what's this? Um, so he, uh, he saw it um, and his team reached out to me. And I think for like a 17-year-old kid in, in, like, who was like growing up in, in Brighton in, in the UK, I think I... I had my head screwed on a little bit because I didn't just completely get sucked into it. I was like, prove it. I was like, I don't even know if I believe this. I was like, you could be anyone. Because they said that, he was like, saying like, oh yeah, we look after Neo. Um, and I was like, okay, how do I know that's legit? And he was like, oh, look at look at the CD, my name's on it. And I was like, yeah, but you could just say that's your name. You could have, you could have picked up Neo's CD, look around, who's his manager? Oh, that's him. okay, that's who I'm going to say I am. And say so that, so he was like, okay, cool. I'll let me like, I'll, I'll set up a Skype call between you and Neo. And I was like, cool. And... And then I remember, like, I remember, like, sitting there, like, and I think it was, like, 1 a.m. in the UK, and I was like, what do I wear? Like, I was like, what do I wear to Skype Neo? Like, do I wear, like, a suit? Like, do, is, this a, is this a job interview? Like, what do I do? You're in a fucking three-piece suit. A tuxedo, bow tie, everything, a monocle. Like, no pants so, on, though. Exactly, yeah. No, he's not even waste up. I'm not going to waste my time. So, um... But no, I decided to go like a scraggly hoodie because I thought, what if it is fake? I'm such an idiot if I'm wearing a suit if it's fake. So I was like, I think you're gonna get a great screenshot. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, I need to look, I need to look casual in case this isn't legit. So I, I, I put on like a, a hoodie and a t-shirt and I sat there and I waited. And then sure enough, this name comes up and it wasn't Neo's name, but it was some random name and I answered it and it was Neo. He sat there on the other side and he told me he wanted to sign me and and then and then basically that kind of information that I then passed on to my lawyer that Neo wanted to sign me, that like kickstarted everything because then she basically told every label in the UK um, Neo's that in. Neo was trying to take this British kid away and, you know, yeah. and sign him in America and, and you know, if they wanted to, now's the time if they wanted to, you know. Yeah. And and then it kind of it kind of kicked all the labels into action and they um, started sending in offers and, yeah, I just picked the one that worked for me best. It wasn't Neo's one, it, 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 I, and we still worked together. Obviously, we still did a song together, and there was no bad blood between us. But um, the contract didn't make sense because they wanted to like relocate to America, and mm. I was only seventeen at the time. I didn't really want to move that far. It wasn't the right trajectory because no. doing what you did allowed you to create some incredible records. Yeah, Vegas girl, dude. No, exactly. Yeah, man. I like that song. Bro. Thank you, bro. Forever for me. I remember playing it on the radio with Dan, and uh, I, I remember oh my God, that was so long ago. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. That, well, that's 2012 that song came out. 
Yeah, he's been That's making like music for seven years ago. And then you you do you do a record with Neo, which is a pretty good one. Turn around. Yep. Are you crazy? You do a record produced by Labyrinth. Yep. Two, may I say, UK icons together yeah. on one record. I mean, while you're releasing all this great original music, you're also continuing to release covers. Was that yeah. strategic? Well, it actually kind of wasn't at the same time. If you kind of go back through the like the dates and stuff. So what kind of happened was I was I, I kind of was doing all these covers to begin with. And then I got signed, and then I was signed when I was seventeen, and it took me a, like a year and a half to um, to finish the album, and for the label to feel ready to start releasing it. So I was nineteen when my first single came out, and which I released three singles, and then my album came out, and it was like in the space of like a couple of months. And so I was nineteen when my first album came out. It went to number one in the UK. It was it was like the most amazing feeling, and I was obviously on an absolute high, and it felt amazing. But nineteen year old me was very naive and thought, "Cool, I've made it now." Like I'm now, I, I'm now cool for life. Like I, I, I can release, I can take a break. I can release a song in maybe a year or two, and I'll be welcomed back with open arms into the pop world, and it's all fine. And I got a girlfriend in that time, and then I, I kind of started to neglect my work quite a lot because my world became about her at the time, and I kind of got sucked into all of that. But I always had in the back of my mind, it's going to be fine because I've already had a number one album. Like no one can argue with that. No one can take that away from me. So I was like, cool. Sure enough, a year later, I came back with my new single and no one cared. And I was like, what the hell? I couldn't, like, I remember like, it was this horrible realization of like pop, like the world of pop is so fickle and like fans who, you know, will claim to, I love you so much. They will move on the second a new pop act comes yeah, out. Like that's just the way it is. And it's, it's so attention. fast moving. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's just the way it is. And I, um, I learned that the hard way. Like I, I literally, like, I remember we were like, going to radio with these songs. Um, this was in the UK. We're going to radio with all these songs and they weren't playing it. And it was like, why? Like I, I built up such a rapport with these people. I met them like face to face. But th I realized that's just business. That's the way it was. They were just saying, yeah, but you know, you've lost a lot of hype. You literally, and a lot of my management were like, you didn't release anything for like, you didn't even try it. You didn't put any con content out, nothing. No YouTube videos, nothing for like over a year. What, so what really... <clears throat> What fueled that? Well, is it the pressure of not being able to reach number one again? Is it re really what like, fueled what the, the you really going silent for a year? Because oh, <laughs> somebody who'd been public. I I, mean, if I'm if I'm like totally honest, it like if if I'm just yeah, but, and it's nothing to do with that. It was honestly for me, it was having the girlfriend. Really, that's what changed everything. I think I became so like in love. It was like so in love with her, and she became just so much of my focus that I, I really it. neglected everything else. Like. And it's not her fault. Like, it wasn't like she was stopping me. She wasn't in the way or anything. It just, it was just the way my brain worked. It like, it suddenly became like all about her and all the music stuff was kind of secondary. And, but also, as I said, it was because I was naive. I thought to myself, it doesn't matter because like, yeah, I'm you, just going to, I'm going to write a song eventually and I'll release it and we're going to number, number one again. Of course it will. I've already had a number one. It's going to be the same thing. You've been at the top thing. of the mountain. Exactly. I can take a break and I can do it. And I've seen other people do it and it was fine. And then when I came back, I realized it wasn't. And then because you are also, dude, on the cusp of like this very fast consumption rate that hadn't affected music until around your era, right? So when I released my first album, Spotify, none of it existed. Yeah, streaming didn't exist. It was all iTunes sales and physical sales. Uh, my number one, my album went to number one because of physical sales. <laughs> so, like, uh, that's what I was used to, and also like the way that radio would work. You'd go on, you'd get on playlists, and then you'd kind of go from C list, B list, A list, or whatever. This is obviously in the UK, 
and then you'd come, it would come out and you'd kind of, you'd see the pre-orders and you'd know roughly where it's going to land in the chart just by the pre-order amount. And it was all just like a system. And I knew that system. And then a year later, it changed. That system literally didn't exist anymore. It was yeah. nothing like that anymore. Spotify ran the game and all these and it was all kind of, the, that's the way it was. And we had no relationship with Spotify. We had no relationship with Apple Music. We had no relationship with any of the streaming services. And um, it was also different and I wasn't ready for it. And it, like I released two songs and they didn't do anything. They didn't, they didn't reach anyone. And it was just, that was the way it was. And I then <clears throat> kind of had, that, had this moment of, wow, I need to figure out what the hell I'm going to do because I still want to do music. And then I had like, you know, I had reality TV shows like knocking on the door like, oh, you know, we'd love to like have you on the show. Like, and, and my management, like I remember, I, I remember I had one person in my management who's not my management anymore, but I had them on the phone to me being like, you know, Connor, like this is all you've got left now. Like, you're, you're going to have to do this. And you're freaking 23 years I was, old. No, no, I was 20... I wasn't even 21 yet. Like, this is only a year later. <laughs> oh God. Come like, on. This is what happened in a year. Come on. And I... This was a year later, and I... Um, oh, short-sighted, delusional people. And I had this manager saying to me, you know, like, I think that you need to do this because... And also, they were trying to... Like, to be a little bit more fair to them, they were also trying to use that to say, this could, re this could kickstart your music career again. But I just kill it. Say again? It could also kill your music career. That's Well, that's the way I saw it. Mm. I was like, if I do this, I'm going to end up like either presenting something, which is like for me, which is absolutely fine. But like, that's not what I wanted to do at the time. I wanted to do music. And I'd done presenting stuff and I loved it. I really enjoyed it. But music's always been number one for me. That's always what I wanted to do. Dude, you're meant to do music. Exactly. That's how, that's how, I, that's how I always kind of knew what I, that's, yeah, that's what I knew I wanted to do. And I just felt like it will pigeonhole me into a more reality TV kind mm -hmm. of world. And that's not really what I wanted. So I turned it all down. I said no. And like, and, and my friend, uh, Mikey, who I said earlier is in the Buttercream Gang thing. I remember like, and he still says this to me to this day. He called me and I'd, and th at this point I'd broken up with my girlfriend. So we went out like two months apart from each other. I was really sad and I was living in like, my house that I'd bought for the two of us. So we had now broken up. She'd moved out. And I was in this house and obviously I had these phone calls for reality TV things and I just didn't want to do it. And I was really, really down. I was really sad about everything. And he called me, he was like, what's going on today, bro? And he was like, do you want to do something? I was like, no, man, I'd, I'd, I'd rather stay at home. And he was like, he was like, what the hell? Like, he's like, this isn't like you. You need to, like, you need to, he's like, you, surely you can do something. And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, why don't you just do covers again? He's like, do covers again. Like, that's how you started. Do it again. I was like, bro, it's not the way it works. I can't just do it again. He was like, <clears throat> he's like, yes, you can. And I was like, you don't understand, like, so much of it back then was about luck. Even, like, I, it was, a lot of it was about luck and it was timing. Yeah. Now everyone does covers. It's, like, such a saturated market now. Like, there's so many other people. And he was like, no, bro, you, you, I, I really think you should do it. So I was like, cool. And then this was, like, what, like, two, three years ago? And, no, probably, like, three, three four years ago now. And at that point, I think I had, like, half a million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. And now I have nine, almost nine and a half million. Subscribers oh. on YouTube, and it just like it just worked again. What like, the, it just, because you redid it again. You were one of the original pioneers of the cover, and then you just you, you understood what was saturating the market, and you still did something different. Right. The the, the sing offs that you did, facing face to face, yeah. even the way it looked. I mean, really, you did something different. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And that's and that's kind of always like even to this day, and it's even what I said back then was. One of my main questions I always get asked is, how did you build a fan base from nothing? How did you do that? And for me, it was always like this. You always have to remind yourself that 
people don't want it. Like, if you, if you upload like a cover or something like that, and if, if that's the way you want to go, like, obviously other people don't do that. You know, a lot of artists who are extremely successful won't go through the covers route. They will just write their own music, and it will connect, and it will work. That's some. That, but for me, I didn't. Well, I wasn't writing back then, so I was just doing covers and stuff. And and for me, that worked. And um, the the key thing is is to make it different. Don't let don't let it sound anything like the original. Because so many people will just upload them, upload them singing the song as it is with the backing track, <laughs> and people don't see that as very interesting. But if you if you completely redo it and like make it like so that, so that it's almost an original song, it's almost your like it's it's when people listen to it, they might even forget that it's a cover of that song, but the familiarity is still there. Is that your goal? That's all. That's always kind of what it is for me when I do covers. It's to make it as sound as far removed from the original as possible. How um, do you, how do you pick a song to cover? Um. Do you have criteria? It's there's kind of there's really there's two things. Whatever's like if it's like really really big and killing it and whatever, and I like it. So I have to like it. Otherwise, it's hard to work on something if you're not feeling it in the first place. Where, where does it begin for you when it's time to do a cover? How do you dissect it? Is it production? Um, Is it lyrics? Normally, it will just I'll just hear a song. Like if I if I if I am listening to like a I don't know, like a Spotify player or I'm on the car on the radio or whatever or a new song comes out and I hear it and I'm like oh my god I love this song and I. And I feel like most of the time, I instantly know how I want to do it. Like it's, like, it's almost like I can just hear it. I can hear it straight away. And I know exactly where I want to take it. And then I'll just go and, and do that. How, so, yeah. How do you keep challenging yourself in terms of sound? Um, well, I think it, I, I, I think it kind of comes down to, like, I started producing a lot. I, I, one thing I also realize, I still like stand by this, is one thing I really learned in the whole, like, oh, wow, this has all gone to nothing. And now, and now I've got to kind of do it myself. Is was the kind of concept. If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. <laughs> that literally was what I learned, and I learned that only I will will care about my career as uh, uh, only I can care about my career the most. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like 100%. no one will care about my career as much as I do, and as much as they say they do. You know what I mean? Because that's just the way it is. That's everyone's the same, and even managers and labels. Like if you're not making the money, it's like they don't care. No, exactly. It's a business, and you st- and you will, and you will build up personal relationships with these people, and you will. And they and, and they don't want to see you fail, but they can't do much to change it. It's kind of down to me. And I realized that I had to do it myself, and, and that's why I started to do I started to put my covers together. I did it. I, I started producing, and I started writing as well. Um, and you're saying, how do, how do I always challenge myself with the music? Well, that kind of came down to when I'd sit down to produce these songs, I had to kind of just go in with the belief that it will happen. Like, even if you go in, like, and you're trying to make it, and you're like, oh, this isn't working something it's just it's just it's just the way it is you have to just keep like trying and trying and try. it's trial and error you just keep trying and then it will work something will click and something will work and you have to just keep the faith almost because sometimes when you're really lost you're like oh i can't i don't know how to make this sound the way i want it to sound you have to just maybe take a break go away eat something for an hour come back it will happen you have to remind yourself that and that's the hardest bit because it's easy to give up this whole thing by the way like in all facets this whole journey is Trial and error. Keep yeah. going no matter what it takes. Exactly. And I think, you know, I've looked around me, I've looked at other artists that were killing it at the same time as me and they're, they're now, like, I don't even know what they're doing now. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not even aware if they're still doing music. It's And that's easy to happen. And I could have let that happen to me. I, if I'd just given up, like that day when my friend called me, if I'd gone, oh, no, man, I'm just going to chill. Like, I'm just going to, whatever, wallow in my own self-pity, then nothing would have happened. But because I had this such drive that I know I know I can do this, I know that I can take it from nothing and make it something again. I know I can do that and, and, and I want to do that. Um, it allowed me to, to do it and then, and then it's, and it's just stemmed to everything now. 
like now I'm directing my own music videos and all that kind of stuff because it I really learned like as I said if you want something done right do it do you, it do it yourself do you, and that's now what I do. Looking back, do you regret how any of it played out, or do you think it needed to happen? It had to, to happen hundred percent. Yeah, it because it, it, I, 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 I I can't change it, and I ne- I know I know I never oh, I never would have done it differently. I, that, that's all I the, I made the choices I made at the time. I think that um, it definitely had to had to happen. For, for for it to be the way it is now. Do you follow your gut? Do you talk to anybody? Do you? Yeah, no, I, I definitely take in opinions and like I, I I will I will always talk to people that I feel are close to me. As like Ant, for example, we do almost everything together. So like we go back and forth on ideas. If I've got an idea for a video I want to direct, I'll give it to him, and he'll tell me what he thinks strong and what's weak about it, and he'll kind of give him give his own ideas. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Okay, I'm gonna put that in. Um, and then vice versa, he'll do the same. He's got an idea, he'll give it to me, and then I'll kind of shape it a little bit differently, and then he'll go, okay, perfect. Um, we, yeah, and, and then obviously my management will chip in, and they'll kind of give their ideas. Um, I still definitely take um, um, opinions from people, and I will listen to them. I, I, don't, I, I think sometimes you can go too far in believing in your own gut and saying, nope, I'm right and you're all wrong, like, and that can obviously, uh, sometimes be the death of people's careers when they're like that. I think it's, it has to be a balance. It has to be a balance of believing in yourself, but also... Listening to other people have to say and not, not having such an ego, you think no, I'm I'm right all the time. When it comes down to the music you make, would you say that your voice is the genre because you have the ability to kind of sing anything and be right. on any sort of different record? I mean, dude, you featured on more songs in the last year and a half, yeah. all great records with really cool partners and yeah. great artists. Well, but beyond that, you cover like crazy. Well, what was what was kind of cool? What was kind of cool about it was that you know I. And one thing that kept things kept things going, and why I'm now releasing original music with a label behind it, and even after everything kind of went to almost nothing, and now all the way back up, is because I had no original music out. I had not released a single solo original piece of music in four years. When Hey, How Much I Love You just recently came out, and I still had 11 million monthly listeners on Spotify <laughs> with no music out <laughs> because of, of features that? and covers and that kind of thing, and it was still this like crazy number and it was and and i think that as you said i would i would i was able to lend my voice to other people's music and it would keep people interested in my own project even when i had nothing to like really give them in terms of original music and um i, I always find it kind of like weird talking about my own voice because i don't really have a, much of opinion on it i just kind of sing the way i do and i always just hope for the best kind of thing <laughs> but it, it seems from what other people say yeah it's kind of like what you said it's, it's kind of my i think my voice is the driving force behind a lot of the stuff I put out. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's probably your greatest asset, right? Because you can kind so, of yeah. be a part of anything and everything. Yeah. But you mentioned earlier the auto-tune comments. Why do you... Yeah. You have such a good voice. Why do you use that sometimes? Uh, well, everyone does. Everyone does. It's, it's like, it's just... It, I don't think you'll hear a song on the radio right now that has, isn't auto-tuned. Every song is auto-tuned. But, just, but it's like, but that's just the way it is. Like, like it's, it's not... It doesn't mean you can't sing. That's what people don't understand about auto-tune. Auto-tune, it just tightens it up ever so slightly because we're human and we are not perfect, whereas this process music is literally digitally perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, Do because people want perfect? These songs... Well, no, no, a lot of people don't. Like, a lot of bands, that's recorded live instruments, that kind of thing, and that's cool. But I think it just... It just but then also we've got the technology to tune something to, like, like yeah. absolute... <laughs> almost perfection like you know there's like there's guitar tuners and 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 that kind of thing that are so so precise now like when you then hit like for example um one of my friends remixed a uh, a stevie wonder song 
and he and he put all the beat together and he put the track together. He then drag and dropped Stevie Wonder's tr- and it's handed out a tune. Uh, because it, even Stevie Wonder, who's like it, he, he's still back in the day, yeah. was slightly off here and there. But because all the instruments were, you didn't hear it. Uh, it all kind of blended in, and you didn't hear that. Even Stevie Wonder, the, one of the most incredible singers it's him ever, pure perfection. was still slightly off every now and then. Yeah. And now, like nowadays, a lot of music is 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 processed digitally. Um, like even like when you hear a song with piano on it, it's probably not real. It's probably a MIDI keyboard that is played through a plugin into a computer that makes the sound. That makes me so sad. That makes the sound of piano, and it's perfect. It's completely in tune. So then when you sing over it and it's slightly out, you can really hear it. So um, you need to be perfect to match it. Exactly. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you can't sing. Autotune can't make someone who can't sing sound like they can sing. That's not how it works. Autotune just tightens up a little bit and takes it from slightly flat to just on the note. And that's kind of it. Like, and I think, and it can't change the tone of your voice. You'll still sound like you. You know what I mean? I kind of want one. <laughs> I just want to see what it would sound like. Yeah. Well, I think it just—I I don't know. Like, I remember when obviously T Pain was doing the whole like he—I he, think T Pain is kind of he made autotune as famous as cool. it is. He really brought it yeah. to the forefront because he was using it like ramped up, like all the way to like zero, which is the highest. It sounds weird, but zero is the retune speed at the highest. By you, you can drink. Have. Um, and he, yeah, and I think he brought it to like he brought it to everyone's attention, and everyone's like, oh my god, use autotune, and I mean, I, I can't. I mean, I just ignore those comments. That, 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 like, if, if if anyone's listening right now and you have the you you it's be, you sound so dumb to someone that actually does music. <laughs> like, it really do because it's not auto tune that that you're hearing that you think is what's making it sound the way it does. Auto tune is like one plugin amongst many others that go on a vocal. But something is like, well, well and also something would use different things. Adele. I don't know whether she uses auto-tune. I think she, maybe she'll use something like Melodyne, which is another version of a tuning thing. Maybe she uses nothing. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know. But her voice is a different style of voice that um actually revels in its imperfections. You're right. I understand. Adele's voice, um, even when she's slightly off, sounds it's beautiful. And be- like she's one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. And I think that she has a, a voice that um can be slightly out and still be mind-blowing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just different voices, and it's different ways that voices work. I think that... Um, um, I can't really think of any examples off my head, but like someone who has more of like a soft tone, um, that would need to be more in tune, but the tone is what, is what shines. And the auto-tune is playing no part in that. You, you know what I mean? It. So it's hard to explain. It's, it's no. kind of difficult to explain, but when you see the auto-tune comments, it's, it's the dumbest thing ever. It's like... Ugh. Whatever. Is the, art, <laughs> is the art of a good cover dead? What do you mean? Like, is, okay. Is the what, qual- ma- what, made you, what makes you think that? No, is the quality YouTube cover dead? Because there's a lot of people who used to make covers that have fallen yeah. off. Right. They don't do it anymore. No. And I have, or I very infrequently see a great cover get to my feed from YouTube anymore. When back in the day, I used to be obsessed. I would watch hours and hours and hours of you and Christina Grimmie right. and well, freaking I, Taylor so, Ward and all these freaking so, people. Yeah, I mean, me and um, me and my, like, my me and my friends have had endless conversations about this, and there is a difference. There's a clear, clear difference in 
um, in the, as you said, like covers used to be such a huge, huge thing, and um, now they're kind of not. And I think it comes down to a few things. I think that um, trends has definitely changed. I think that where like setting up a proper camera, a proper microphone, really putting in the work to make it incredible quality. Um, it's almost become cooler to not do that anymore. It's become like yeah. more, it's more with like within, it's more kind of trendy and more, I don't know, it's more accepted to now actually make it look like you don't care. Like to make it look like, oh, I chucked my phone up, put it on record and I sang. And those ones tend to get more views now. Yeah, and, and on those places ones, like Instagram over YouTube. On Instagram, exactly, on Instagram. There are people who are killing it on like these this Instagram cover thing. And it's so, so lo-fi. It's like yeah. so low quality. But they're incredible singers, don't get me wrong. Like they're they're crazy at what they do. But it's so like unthought out and so just I chucked up a camera and sang. And some people, a lot of people, the majority of people will see that as they like that more now. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And that's and and trends are gonna come and go and then it might go back to like, oh no, now we wanna see it thought out. That's one thing. Two things, I don't know if you've seen, the, the second thing, I don't know if you've kind of seen all this, and this can, I, I'm only speaking from opinion, and I, I don't know any behind-the-scenes facts. I've tried to get information out of people, <laughs> but Let's they go. deny, deny, deny. There's a lot of copyright issues around covers now. Yes. Copyright laws have changed. Mm. And I don't know whether... No, there's no money in them. These big companies are now, like, like trying to... Put the kibosh on them. Try and squash them, because... I released a video. I'm not going to go into which one it was because I don't want to point anything. No, because this is a big, a big accusation to make. <laughs> but I released a video okay. and it was killing it. It got like, I think it got like 5 million views in the space of like two, three days. Wow. Wow. And it was, it was a sing-off. It was like a cover, it was like, which is technically a cover. It's essentially a cover, but it's a mashup, you know, but it's still covering other songs. And it was fucking killing it. And then all of a sudden... It stopped in a space of a day. And I then emailed Man Management and said, that something has changed that. There's no way it could have been getting 1.2, 1.3 million views per day. And then nothing. And then less than 100K each day. It dropped off so hard that I was like, someone has done that. Someone has physically removed that from a certain algorithm that was, that was, yeah, and also I noticed was when you when you'd search Old Town Road. Oh, I'm just giving away what it was. It was Old Town Road. <laughs> when you search Old Town Road, yeah, it would go original song like Lil Nas X's version, and then I think it was the Billy Ray Cyrus remix. I think it was, that was number one. Um, then it was like the lyric video, and then it was my sing off. It was like one, two, three, and then all of a sudden, I couldn't even find it. <laughs> Whoa! It was like page eight or something. Hey, beautiful human, I'm really sorry for the interruption, but this is actually pretty cool. We have a lot of guests come on our couch, and they talk about therapy and counseling and how great it really is. And finally, there's something that kind of makes that accessible to everybody, and by kind of, it does. If there is something right now that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from reaching your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. 
BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, grief, self-esteem, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. Anything you share is confidential, and it's so convenient. You can get help at your own pace. Schedule a secure video or phone session, plus chat and text with your therapist at any time. Plus, if you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time, at no additional cost. Best of all, it really is a truly affordable option. And for you hanging out with me right now, I'll give you 10% off your first month. Just use the code ZACKSANG. So why not try it out? Why not get started? Go to BetterHelp.com slash ZACKSANG, fill out a questionnaire, and uh, they'll get to know you, and they'll get you matched with the counselor that you're going to love. BetterHelp.com slash ZACKSANG. ZACKSANG Show. Okay. So, how many songs were in it, or was it all just Old Town Road? It, no, it was loads of different songs. It's loads of different songs. But I, 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 the title is Old Town Road. That's all you put in the title, right? Oh yeah, no, I didn't know. No, yeah, Old Town Road. No, but but it doesn't matter because like the amount of songs that are featured in a video determines how you divvy up all the money that's made off of it, right? Right. Because there's a ton of different I, companies I, I, coming copyright. I actually, I actually don't know how they do that bit. So my my record label are actually in charge of all that side of it. They the distribution they, of the covers, but exactly. they also clear it for you and the clearance. They do all the clearance. They do. They get all the copyright clearance, that kind of thing. And I saw emails with them going back and forth. Um, with with YouTube and with Spotify and that kind of thing about these covers because obviously copyright laws changed and they everyone had to try and be on top of it and what was happening yeah. and there were agreements that were already signed and written and that kind of thing and they had to go back and forth about okay well what do the new changes mean for us um, and and yeah I, you know I I I I met with YouTube and I brought it up I said <laughs> this happened to my video did you guys do that like yeah. did you do it and they said they would never do that that's nothing to do with them. Um, I mean, somebody would have to go through them to get it done, but I'm wondering if it's Little Nas X, like if they have a reason. That's to what I'm saying because it could be that, that as well. It could be that team because I'm I'm not trying to say oh it was definitely YouTube because I don't I I also think yeah but regardless they're the gatekeepers of the analytics and back end. But then I guess you know if 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 a huge company you know like you know I don't know who no Columbia Little, Records right if they are they a subsidiary of Universal yes is Columbia and Universal I'm not sure is it Sony they are are they're Universal right yes yeah okay so. No, you no, know, Sony. They're on the Sony. Sony. I think I'm here, Sony. Right. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. So, um, if they're on breathing down the neck of you know YouTube or whatever, saying, "Well, we we want this removed because it's taking attention away from our song," which I mean, it wasn't. It's not like, though. That's the that's, thing. A, it's that's the annoying thing. Like, that's why I feel like that's when I don't like how people see it like that. Oh, it's taking away. It's like no, well, no, it's not. It's only it's only potentially drawing more attention to the original mm, song. That's if, it. If, if even if one or two of my fans hadn't heard the original song yet, believe they heard it after that. You know what I mean? So, do you link to the original in your description? Um, no, but it 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 will be linked via tags and stuff. Okay, yeah, it comes up. So it will always be the next video. Yeah, I think every single I've ever posted, the next video is always the original. Oh, then what? in the up next section, I think there's more digging to be done here. Yeah, I feel bad because, by the way, that's a great source of revenue. Right, right. YouTube is a big source of revenue. Yeah, of course. For 100%. any artist, for anybody creating any sort of content. It sucks to feel like it's being squashed or yeah. just drowned out. I don't know. I don't know because I, I, I literally the other day we were talking about doing some more covers just to keep the content out uh, out there and I was looking up other people's covers and I was looking up other songs and I couldn't find any covers anywhere uh, of anything, of any big song right now. So do you think though that's is because bigger. people may not want to be known as a cover artist? Maybe. That might be another thing. That might be another um, aspect. But then it's like, 
I don't know if that's true because I think a lot of people don't care. They just want to make it. <laughs> Yeah. They just want to be successful. I don't think they think of it like, oh, then I'll be... Because I think, I, I honestly think that only becomes apparent when you realise that's the thing. I never, ever started doing covers with the thought of, oh, wait, what if that makes me become a cover artist? I, wouldn't, I never, I didn't see that coming. I think no one sees that coming until you've already reached success and then you realise, oh, wait, everyone wants me to do covers. No one wants to hear my original music. Yeah. It's only at that point. I don't think anyone starts out thinking, oh, wait, I'll be... I'll, I'll, Oh, oh, what if I become a cover artist from that? You know what I mean? I think you have to get, you have to almost become one to then realize that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, you, know you, what I mean? you need to earn the title before anyone yeah. can even call you that or pigeonhole exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. And also, I think there's enough success stories that would still inspire kids to yeah. take the leap. But maybe there is a bigger thing going on here. Yeah. The compression. Well, the, the, cop, the copyright thing was so widely shared. I remember when that happened. And I remember not, no one knew how true it was or what it was, but videos were getting taken down. Like all my, all my covers on Facebook got taken down. But people should still be able to make money. You're running ads yeah. at the top of the ad. Yeah. Uh, at the top of the video, I'm sorry. So everybody still has a chance of profiting off of the copyright and the yeah. IP. Uh, we need to just be more fair to people because at the end of the day, like you should want to cover out there. Uh, you know how many songs I was introduced I, to I, from well, covers? That's what I'm saying. I, I, uh, my favorite thing is seeing my, my songs being covered. Obviously coming from covers... When I see someone cover one of my songs, it's like the most amazing feeling. It's such a cool feeling to see how people switch it up and how they put their style on it. And that's like, and the thought that to think that they're, you know, being not told not to, but kind of it's implied that they shouldn't like is, is I hate that compressed man holding yeah. them back and by the way the sign of any good record is being able to strip it all down and being able to just hear the lyrics of it well and another another point to be made as well is so many people's favorite singers some of the most famous singers in the world don't write their own music and they can't they've got an amazing voice they're a star they're, they're they've got so much star quality they can perform they're incredible but they can't write a song that's just that's another talent in itself yeah to write a song so Imagine people who are like that, who are coming up now, who have so much star quality, they have an amazing voice, but they can't write a song. What do they do? Covers is your They have to do covers. Option. But if they can't do covers, how are they going to be found? How are they going to be noticed? You know what I mean? They're not. I think covers need to be a thing, an avenue for people to be able to reach success because not everyone can write music. Writing music is really difficult. It's not something that everyone can do. Some people aren't talented in, in, in that, that scope of, of, of creating music, but they have an incredible voice. So they still have, they still deserve to have a place in it within the music industry, and if they can't um, showcase that because if, if they release a cover, it gets taken down or blocked or whatever, how are those kind of people gonna gonna make it? So, They're yeah. not. It's bull squash. Yeah, I don't like it. Well, it, if it makes you feel any better, I just did type in Old Town Road on YouTube, and it came up as the fifth video. Now. Is there now? Okay, it's, 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 ri it's risen back up. Or they're listening against to all us. adversity. <laughs> <laughs> I really, yeah, they're listening live. Like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> that woman, Suzanne, the big CEO, she's listening to yeah, our yeah, exactly. But yeah, marketer. no, it was it was crazy. It got it it got fully taken down for some. Well, not taken off, but like it got removed, and then. I don't know what's happened. Maybe it's climbed back up. But. Songwriting for you was an acquired skill, right? Because obviously that wasn't something that came as natural. No, exactly. Singing. It was something I had to, a craft I had to work at, 100%. Hey, How Much I Love You, did you have a hand in writing so that? So, yeah, I, I wrote a part of it. That was actually, the funny enough, though, that's the the only song in the whole project coming up that wasn't um, written by the same uh, three, four people because I took my two friends to Jamaica <laughs> for two weeks mm -hmm. and we wrote the whole album. Cool. And the whole album is, is from that. Hate How Much I Love You is the only song not from that camp. So wow. why was that the first one released? Um, it, for me, just sound-wise, it made the most sense to come out first. 
um, it's just, it's kind of how I want to start it. It's very kind of like, um, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. It just felt like the right place to start. I didn't want to come out with something that's too, like, crazily brave, like something that's too out there and too wild. I wanted something that's a bit more um, easy listening, relatable, um, just something that, something that would re- reach a very wide scope of people. Like, you know, I feel like your grandmother listened to that song and, <laughs> and, 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 a, and a toddler listened to that song. It's a very easy to listen to song. I wanted to, I wanted to open with the most wide scope I possibly could. I don't know if you guys saw the interview with Charlie Puth. I think, it, I think it was with Genius. He did an interview. And he made a really good point where he said something on the lines of when Attention came out, which for me is one of my favorite songs he's ever put out. I love that song. Um, but when he put it out, I remember thinking, why didn't he... Apparently he had that song for a while. And I was like, you know, why did he not put that song out first? And in the interview, he said something like, he could never have come out with that song first. He had to come out with the whole, like... Um, like he, he came out with most of his really pop stuff, like, I'm yeah. only one, call away, like, really that kind of thing. Because he wanted as many people as possible to become fans of his music and listen to it. Um, and then once he had kind of gathered that many people he that were now be, like, cool, what else have you got? He could then drop stuff that was more him. Yeah, he'd be different and unique. Exactly. And, and I think that's how I wanted to do it. I didn't want to come in with something like, cool, look how edgy I am. Look how like different I am. <laughs> it's like, no, I wanted to come out with something that was much more like, this is a great pop song. And I want as many people as possible to be able to listen to it and enjoy it. I didn't want to come out with something that was really niche from the very beginning. You know what I mean? I feel like once I've kind of got people listening to me and, and they're ready for like something that's a bit more, okay, cool, let's see what else he has to offer. Then I can go out with the, the, the stuff that's a little bit more out there. So we have yeah. an album finished. It's basically finished, yeah. And would you say there's niche records on there? Yeah, there's stuff that obscure? sounds nothing like How Much I Love You. Yeah, definitely. What, what story are you telling with the album, top to bottom? Um, I think that I, I definitely take from all different situations I've been through in my life. Um... A lot of them will be uh, personal stories. Some of it's a little bit more abstract or something, a little bit more, you know, playing a bit more of a character or something that's a bit different and it's something that I haven't been through, but I will, it, you know, I felt like it fit the vibe of the song and I wanted to sing about it, even if I haven't necessarily been through it myself or maybe my friend has been through it yeah. um, so I can use it from his perspective or whatever. Um, it's kind of an accumulation of all different all different things. It's kind of dependent. A lot of it comes out of what mood I'm in on the day. <laughs> When it's written. But you're in Jamaica. Yeah. It's hard not to be happy every day when you're in Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, so do you come with ideas ready to go, or are no. you just all fresh inspiration yeah, while we you're just, there? we landed in Jamaica with absolutely no idea what we were going to do, and we just started writing every day. <laughs> and we bashed out around four or five songs a day. Wow. Yep. So how do you know when you're in a, like a groove? Do you know what I'm saying? So it, it was like that. I remember, like I think it was three days in. So we, we started on the Monday, and on the Wednesday, I was panicking. And then arguments were starting, like, because we were like, you know, we're not, like, you know, people start pointing fingers, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not pulling your weight, you know, what's going kind on of thing, because we, we hadn't written anything that was very good. And we're three days in, and it was an expensive place to be at. Like, it was an expensive <laughs> studio. You know, you want to make that money yeah. back, you need to write some good music. And we were like, you know, we were three days in, we hadn't written anything that was really very strong. And I was starting getting agitated. I could tell they were getting agitated, and it was kind of like, oh, like, and then, like, like if there if there was a formula to write a hit song, everyone would everyone would write hit songs every day. Yeah. There's no formula. It just you just try and you, and it's once again trial and error. You just keep okay. That song wasn't very strong. Let's start again. Let's write another one. Okay, that one's better. Let's write again. And then every now and then, just like a gem, just is created like a a piece a, like ma- it's almost like it's magic. Like everything just it's almost like it all happens awesome in harmony. The the, the 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 chords sound amazing and the melodies sound amazing. The lyrics sound amazing and the beat sounds amazing and it all just 
meshes and works well together. And then you have a great song at the end of the day. And it's like, it's that feeling you're like, oh, we did it. And I remember that was on the Wednesday. And that's the next single. <laughs> really? Yeah. I remember that was written on the Wednesday of that trip. Um, and that is the, the <laughs> next single. <laughs> the glimmer of hope. Exactly. And that exactly. was the one that we uh, were like, wow, yeah, we've, we've got it. When so, does yeah. it come? Uh, August 2nd. August 2nd. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's soon. Mark your yep. calendar. What's that one called? I haven't told anyone yet. Glimmer of Hope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> glimmer of Hope. Yeah, imagine that. We did single. That. Yeah. Come on, that's good. This is glimmer of Hope. That is a good Remix. name for a song, yeah. You're welcome. Exactly. That old lady, did, did you actually hit on her in your music video? No, but she was amazing. She was so much fun. You should have gone. That, that cast, so I did all the castings for that video as well. So I, I literally I put out a casting call. Um, on Craigslist? Looking yeah, for old exactly. women to hang out with yeah, you for the day? Yeah. Drive around Looking in vehicle? Yeah. 60 plus. <laughs> no. Um, no, I basically put out a casting call and then all these people came through for auditions. Because there was all different um, characters in that. There was the boyfriend. Yes. There was the lead girl. There was the old lady. There was... Uh, found, there's a, there was a little kid in it, so I, I did a bunch of auditions. I had to put together scripts for all of them. To, even though there was no words, I had to write a script for all of them because I had to see their acting ability. And the old lady one was the funniest by far. We had like an hour of these like these, <laughs> these elderly women. Just blowing kisses to you? elderly women coming in and doing that scene over and over again. And they were all amazing. That they were All of them were so good. Like It was so hard. That was the hardest one to pick. Really? Because they were all so funny. <laughs> Um, but I had a clear cut image of what I wanted in my head, and 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 um, she was it. Elaine, my name was Elaine. She was uh, she was the one that fitted my my vision the most. Quite a star. Yeah, she was great, and she was so cool in the day. Like she came in, she just did the scene. She was one take one. She was a one take wonder. <laughs> a true professional. She was a true professional. She just nailed it every time. Well, I want to know what happens after that video because a lot of people are saying it looks like you got friend zone, but that kiss was more than a friend zone. Yeah, kiss. well, I hate to like kind of break anyone's hearts, but like basically, um, I so that is literally fun enough. Literally yesterday, I was talking about this with someone because I get asked about um, is that going to carry? Like, is there going to be a part two? Annoyingly, like, well, maybe there will be. Maybe there will be one day. The next single doesn't follow that video at all. It's a completely new standalone story. Um, every single video I do, I want it to have a story. I want it to have a, a, like a storyline or like something to follow along. And um, I are think you, it just makes it a little bit more interesting. Are you direct experience. all of them? Yeah. Cool. I direct all of them. So I direct the next one as well, and I'm directing the one that follows that. And, um, and yeah, so the next one is, is its own story. But I don't know, really. I don't think I, I, don't really, I, I don't think I really thought about too much like what that ending was meant to be. I think it was just more of like, I didn't want it to be like really like cliche and cheesy. Like, oh, well, then we walk off into the sunset together and we're together. I thought that was a bit too like unbelievable. I wanted to have a little bit element of realness to it. Um, and I think for me, that was like, that was the the best round off I could give it that wasn't either too sad <laughs> or like, or like completely unbelievable. So it's believable that you get friend zoned. Well, that's the thing, I though. I don't think he did. I, it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean I got friend zoned. It means she kissed me before she moved out. Maybe one day she'll come back and say hello to the to the, the door guy, <laughs> the bellboy. <laughs> so yeah, I, are you afraid to get into a relationship again? Um, I wouldn't say I actively like fear it. I don't like worry. Like wake up every day, like oh my god, what if I meet my girlfriend today? Like, <laughs> the one could come yeah, into the door. But I think it's definitely like raised barriers in my life. I think that I, 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 I definitely tend to steer away from it if I think it's going that in that direction. I think I do that almost sub, like subconsciously. Is, definitely. Is that better right now for you? To be single. 
Yeah. 100%. It just works better for me. I, I think it's just because I, I, I'm, I'm terrible at organizing my own life. Let alone somebody else's. Let alone like not that I'm. I would be organizing their life, but like I would have to be organizing my life around kind of them also. You know what I mean? It's like I, I can't even do it for myself. Let alone have to think about you know someone else's feelings and someone else's um, schedule as well as mine. It's hard. So I think that for now it just works better if I can just <laughs> mess up my own life as opposed to <laughs> someone else's as well. So so yeah, it makes more sense for me to just be single and focus on on what I need to do right now. I think. Because I think I just think I just think it wouldn't be fair. I think it wouldn't be fair for me to 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 bring someone into my life right now and not give them the the the, the attention and time they deserved. I, I totally understand that. Yeah, and and it it also it puts stress on you if you choose to bring somebody in and you're actively feeling like you're not giving them enough. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel awful about it, and and then also that creates resentment. Like you know they'll get angry at me that I didn't I couldn't see them when they wanted to see me. I'll then get angry at them for not understanding why I couldn't see them, and then not worth it. No. Dude, it's not worth it. It took me weeks to realize that I can commit to a dog. Yeah. Because I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to give the, a dog enough time because I'm so selfish. Well, exactly. And I, I wanted to, like, get a pet. But I move so much. Yeah, you can't That's that. another thing. I move. I'm, I'm, I'm here until August and I go back to London and then I come back here and then I go back to London because I've got a tour at the end of the year. So I'm going on tour in October, UK and, and Europe. By the way. And then... I, yeah. You saying all that? I realized that you were in Kinky Boots. Yeah, he in was Broadway. in Kinky Boots. Did you have to follow Brendan Yuri? Uh, yeah, I played. I, oh. I wasn't directly after him, but okay. I played the same role as him. I would never want to follow him. Charlie, in anything. He's incredible. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, but you look good in those boots. If I rock them, man. I I had the high the thigh high, red leather sparkly boots, and I I felt at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, was, you look good. <laughs> you just brought it up. Was wow. that scary at all? It was, it was scary. It was, it was, it was, it was such an amazing experience though. Like I literally enjoyed it so much. Like I met some incredible people, um, people I'm still extremely close with now. Um, and there's, and you don't realize how talented these people are. Like, like these people who are in these Broadway shows, like they, they, some of them play, can play every role. Yeah, they, they are. They know like all the lines for like almost every role. If you've been on Broadway, you are one of the most talented human beings oh to God. ever exist. So I think I, I think I can't remember if it's definitely, but I, I, I think I hold the record for of playing Charlie, the most times called out of the show. Like I called myself out because I was sick or I couldn't do it because my voice, my voice would just go. Whoa! Were you able to make it through a full week ever? Do we? Yes, shows the first a week? two weeks I did without a break. But then it, the problem was this: is when I started befriending other people in the show, and they go, "Oh, should we go for a beer after?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's go for a beer, or <laughs> let's go for." Nope, that was literally what happened. That was my downfall. I go for a drink, then I go out to a not a club. I go to a bar and I'd like chat away, and then wake up like Ugh, I, you're done. I couldn't do the show. How long did it take for you to be able to do that show top to bottom and know every line and every move of choreography? So I had a month of rehearsals. So I every day, like seven hours. Um, it wasn't every day. It was it was most days. I think it was like five days a week. Got it. Five days a week for a few hours, um, a day, and. Yeah, I, I think I, I I like to think I picked it up pretty quickly. I've I've kind of I, weirdly enough, because acting was something I've done since before singing. Really, acting was was like my main thing. That's what I, that's what I wanted to do before oh. singing kind of took over. And I think that like learning lines for some reason was always something I was I was pretty quick at. I'd pick up lines quite quickly, so that part I didn't find too difficult. Did you ever forget a line? Uh, w no. Once I got I said the wrong line, and quickly. Save myself, <laughs> but I remember it was like it was. I think it was like my second week or something. It was like it was a little bit into my run. I I, I did an eight week run, 
So I did like, and I was doing eight shows wow. a week. That's so. I think it was like two or three weeks in. I just said the wrong. I basically I repeated a line by accident, ah. and everyone went. <gasps> I could tell like not the audience because the audience had no know. idea. <laughs> had no idea. And what you don't realize as well is like something that's so amazing at Broadway, and I had no idea about this. You're constantly like f-ing with each other on stage. <laughs> really? Oh, um, you don't understand what people are doing. So if you're like. If you're delivering a line, let's say let's say I'm delivering a line to you, and the audience are behind you, okay. you would be pulling mad faces at me, really, <laughs> trying to make me laugh. <laughs> like I hate that. not all the time, but like enough. Like, I remember <laughs> Jay, who uh, he played Lola. Um, he's one of the most talented people I've ever seen. He's incredible. He was playing the um, kind of my opposite uh, lead in the show, and I guess he had reached the point where he thought, okay, cool, like, because they don't, they don't mess with you when it's, like, your first show. Like, everyone's kind of <laughs> cool at that point. But, like, I guess he, at this point he had, he had thought, cool, I think Connor's done it enough times. Let's f*** <laughs> with him. So <laughs> I'm doing this one bit where I have to jump up on this, like, um, what's it called? Like, it's like a big treadmill type thing. And, and basically it's, it's the beginning of the sequence where there's a dance sequence happens where you're on top of a treadmill and, and, and it's like this moving. In boots? Um, no, I, uh, but some of them are. Whoa. Jay's in, in boots at that point, I think. Oh no, he's not. He's not. He's in trainers. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think anyone's wearing boots at that point. So, I um, yeah, you're on this like this thing, and and you're and you're <laughs> and you're walking along, and you're doing the dance anyway. But right at the beginning of that bit, I have to jump up, and I'm like addressing everyone, and they're all facing me. So their backs are to the audience. I'm facing the audience, and they're all facing me, right? And he started saying something to me because all you got to remember is their microphones are turned off. Oh yeah. So when you so basically there's someone who's doing the sound. When I'm speaking or I've got a speaking part, everyone else's microphone is turned off. So they can, like, actually say things out loud and the audience can't hear them. Because if I'm speaking, the audience can hear me. They can't hear anything else. Because, like, if you turn those mics off, all the, you wouldn't be able to hear a word yeah, that actors yeah. are saying. Like, they need those microphones. So he started going, Charlie, Charlie, in the middle of my, like, line. And I thought I had done something. I was like, oh my, am I doing the... Am I, I panicked. Like, am I doing the wrong... Bit? Like, am I standing the like? <laughs> I thought he was trying to tell me, like, you're doing the wrong. Do you break he character? He was just trying to mess with me. <laughs> he was just trying to make me like laugh. <laughs> I would have vomited. I, I mean, do you break character? What do you do? Well, I di- I didn't, but like, it really threw me off. Like, I luckily kept it together, but I, I didn't re- I didn't realize until afterwards. I went, was something wrong? He was like, oh no, I was just <laughs> with you. Yeah. I was like, what? what? I couldn't believe it. I was like. And then you realize that that's what people do. Like I remember I started doing it to other people. <laughs> like if you're in the background, like if you're in the background, you're not in a really and like there's there's something going on at the front and you're not really in the scene, you're at the back, you could just literally like <laughs> just like mess with someone on the other side of the stage. But what if it does throw the entire scene off? Well, that's the price. That's the risk. Well, it does you don't look like the bad one. They look like they messed up. So it's like whatever. That's but I guess it's because it's no, but that's it's not, the fun, it's not right? boredom, it's the but it's like you're doing the same show every day. Yeah, you really get to know it. You get to know it. And also, it's like, it just injects a little bit of fun into it, I think. Yeah. It just kind of like, you know, because it, it can't, like, I'm not going to lie. I, I, there were some days I really didn't want to do it. I was like, oh, I can't bother them saying the same lines with the same integrity, the same thing. And and, and these people have come to see the show for the first time. It has they to be want, new to them. They want it to be, they want it to be the best thing they've ever seen. And it should be. The thing. They've paid the same amount as everyone else that came to see it. They deserve to see the best show that we can put on. But it's difficult because you've already done the show seven times that week you've already <laughs> said those lines so many times and you're just like oh like you know it's 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 difficult because it can get really tedious because it's like 
here we go, it's that scene again, like, I've got to pretend to be really angry again. And it's like, and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. And I think that that is actually a part of like injecting some fun into it because you can mess with each other and, and yeah. But it's also a true test as, uh, it's a true test of a performer. Like, yeah, 100%. The fact that you were able to do a whole eight week run on Broadway. Well, apparently he wasn't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, maybe six and a half weeks yeah, run at the end of it. Exactly. I mean, that's still pretty freaking impressive, dude. Thank like, you, man. I don't know. It's a testament. It, it matters. I, no, I really enjoyed it, and it was such an experience I will never ever forget. Like it was amazing. It was so different to anything I'd ever done. So, would you do it again? Yeah, I think so. I would do it again. Um, the only thing that I, the only thing that I would be that I'm kind of shy. I, I've been there are other shows I've been asked to do some really big, amazing shows that are in in, in Broadway and in London as well. But they always want me to do like a six month to a year run. Oh, wow. And it's just like, That's I just can't commit to that. Like for me, like two months was perfect because I already knew my first single wasn't coming out until around now. So I had the time to do it. Whereas now it's like I'm releasing all this music to then I have to like put it like, because you literally can't do anything else when you're doing it. You, I, it takes it's, everything. It's eight, it's, eight show, it's, seven, it's six days a week. It's like you get one day off a week. And then when you do have, even, and even though, you know, some people say, yeah, but you're only doing it in the evening. It's like, no. Yeah, but I spent the day drinking tea and not speaking. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's, that's what I had to do to be able to do the show. It's all consuming. I had to literally just drink tea and not speak. I couldn't do anything else. Because I wasn't trained in that way, you know what I mean? It's like a lot of people have gone their whole life training their voice to be extremely, um, to have loads of vocal endurance. And I just, I never trained in that way. So for me, it was difficult. It's so. the whole thing is so fascinating to me because it's Broadway, man. It's it's like the most basic form of entertainment. Yeah, live stage, a real test. Like exactly. the fact that you can do all of that while there's thousands of people staring at you and judging you and make it fresh every time. I don't know. It's exactly, man. Fucking cool. Well, you uh, mentioned what, what your you your your tour. Yes. Are you going to bring that to America? Yes. Okay. I haven't announced it yet. When does this interview go out, by the way? Uh, when do you want it to go out? Oh, okay, cool. It's supposed to go up tomorrow, so tomorrow will be today when they're okay. watching. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can say it now. I've got to, <laughs> I've got to announce this here. Like, yeah, it's going to be the next month. Whoa! November. Cool. So after October. So the month after the UK and Europe, I then come to America. Sweet. And the show in LA, you should all come. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Will you, you come. will you have an album out by then? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, that, I'm playing that by ear because I'm kind of just releasing songs, and when I feel like the album is is like is needed by the fans, like they, you know, it's it's like I feel like it's ready. Um, in terms of like they're ready, then I'll put it out. But I'm just gonna keep releasing singles. I don't, I don't know. I just think that as we were speaking about like way earlier, like the consumption of music is so different now. People just cherry pick. They kind of listen. Like, out, the art of an album is kind of dead unless you're like on that like Adele Ed Sheeran like level. Yeah. And I think that. Um, I think for me, I don't want to. I don't want to release an album until I know it's gonna fly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally get what's it. What's the point of putting it out until it's it's gonna go crazy? So I'd rather just keep building, building, and building with with these singles, and then the album will the album will drop. By the way, I love your album of my versions. Yeah, that's like it hit me. It's beautiful Wait, body the, of work. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, it's called the. Uh, this so is called, my version. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the track. Yeah. Well, there. the track, but then it's also attached to an album yeah. of covers. So the album was just called Covers, and it was it was really weird though. It wasn't really an album. It was kind of just like an accumulation of all the covers I'd put out, just put onto one like body of work and put out. But with the one original that kind of tied it all together yeah. in this weird, deep way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So and, this is my version of Heartbreak, which was like, yeah, that was, I, I, and I loved that song as well. I mean, when I first cut it, I was like, this is. 
such an amazing song. Dude, and even though you're gone, I'm going to pretend there's nothing wrong. F***ing every girl that comes along. <laughs> well, that was fully oh, wow. that, was, that was fully about that breakup. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was like that was so exactly how I felt, which is weird because the song was written before that happened. But it was like it was so exactly in tune with how I felt around that time. So yeah. Did you did that song come to you and it kind of just matched everything? Yeah, so I I, 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 I wrote... Um, so when I first heard it, I think the first verse and the chorus were written. I think that was it. Got it. And then um, we then... I, I was with these producers called The Invisible Men who were crazy talented. They actually did most of my first album. Um, and it was written by a songwriter called Emanike. Oh, yeah. Who's like super talented. Yeah. And he wrote it with Invisible Men. They showed me the the idea they had, which I said, as I said, was the first verse and chorus. I think it was that. Um, and I loved it. We then finished it off. We rewrote the rest. I recorded it, and then I, re- I actually recorded it twice because I recorded it like a couple of years before it came out. And then when it was ready to come out, I was like, I want to re-record it. I feel like I can do it better now. So oh, I re-recorded wow. it again. Put and then also the good thing is when I re-recorded it, I actually was feeling it at the time. So I could put more kind of emotion into it and a bit more like like genuine um, feeling into it, and that's when it went out. So yeah, I, it just all tied everything together. So yeah, no, definitely, it was it was a really nice kind of round off to to that whole phase, I guess. Would you consider covers a second album? Um, I mean, I would. I'm still planning to put out like because annoyingly, what kind of sucks is I, I get always, always asked, I went, oh, why isn't that sing off on? And and you just can't. I don't think you can. Legally, you can't put though that that much of a mashup on streaming services. Um, you can't get that much clearance or yeah, something like that. Too many songs in one. It's too many songs to get cleared, and you can't do it. So that's why, if you listen to the covers album, I've taken out all the mashups. And it's just the, it's just the song because in every cover I do, I always do a little mashup at the end because it's that was my thing. I always used to like add like a little song at the end to make it a bit different. But if you listen to the covers album, None of all, all of them they've all been taken out. It's all yeah. I, I listened to the whole thing today. It's all been taken out, so that's just, and that's purely just because of copyright. So not issues. really your second album, though, huh? Not really the sophomore album. Well, kind whatever, of not. It, whatever's it, it, about the, to it's come. It's my second original album. Whatever's a, about to come will be the second original album. Yeah, you make more money off the YouTube videos or the music, or are they one and the same? Um, well, they're the same, but they're also different. Yeah, I don't know because it kind of. <laughs> I don't know. I've never really looked through the proper breakdown of what it kind of. It kind of all comes in like, it kind of all comes together. Okay. And it's like, it it varies. It, that's the only answer I can give you. It varies. Sometimes if a YouTube video gets hundreds of millions of views, that will completely outshine the, the Spotify version. But if, if the Spotify or whatever, like you know, the streaming version, if the streaming version kills it, then it will make more than YouTube. It just it depends. It depends on what platform it did well on. Consume Connor's art wherever you exactly want to consume because it's and everywhere. I like to survive. <laughs> yes, yeah, everywhere. I like you... to be able to live in in with a roof <laughs> and eat food every day. Please watch his YouTube videos. Please yes. keep the playlist playing while you're not exactly. home. Keep it going. And really, you should listen to Hate hey, hey, How Much I Love You. It's an awesome record. Also, the Thank music you. video is superb. So mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, That deserves your ear. Not your ear, but your ear. <laughs> it's good stuff. And August 2nd, that's going to be the next single. No yep. word yet on an album. Maybe the songs are piecemealed. Maybe there's a body of work. TBD. 
Um, by the way, loved your rendition of Whenever. Really great. Oh, thank you very much, man. It's been on my playlist for a long time. Thank you. Uh, you've lent your, your voice to so many different records, and you've embodied so many different songs. And there's also still more features coming out. Whoa. There's still more features uh, yet to be released. So. What is it? Last question. What is it about your voice that you think people want, or why do you think people want your voice on their record? It's just angelic, you know, I'm not joking. I'm joking. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I like to think it has an element of of of, of uniqueness. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it, it's it's I think it's quite recognizable if you hear it. If I think um I remember I try I tried to do so at one point when I was kind of in this like thing of like, oh, I don't know what to do and I have to release music, I tried I was thinking of doing a, a side project with a different name. <laughs> That I could release with no with no one being able to tell me, and that was purely just me. And I played it to my friends. They were like, "I mean, that's you. <laughs> like, well, like, that's so obviously you." Like, and I was trying to sing. I was singing it in a different accent. I was singing in a British accent. Get out of here! I swear. What was that name you're gonna use? Uh, Charlie Brown. Shut <laughs> Charlie Brown was gonna be the artist. Kind of genius because you look like Charlie Brown. There you go. Yeah, that was the artist's name, just, Charlie Brown. I'm, I'm 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 gonna put that song out one day. Please. Yeah, I have to send it to you guys. Maybe you could play it. Yes. <laughs> Yellow with a black stripe. There. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Wait, speaking of Charlie Brown, th this is a weird tie-in. I was just scrolling down your Twitter, and you tweeted at James Charles back in April or something. Yes. Did he ever respond? He did. Yeah, we okay. spoke. We spoke about doing a video together. Um, he was he wanted to do it in the summer, and the timings didn't quite work out. But we're still open to doing it. You're I doing just fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's be real. Well, I don't know. I just saw a lot of people were interested in where's this James Charles thing. Yeah. So. No, we were going. We, we were talking out. about doing a sing-off together. That was the uh, that was the idea. And, I'm here and, for that. And no, 100%. I would love to. I, I think um, I would love for people to, I would love to kind of, for people to hear his voice like that. Because I've heard things of it where I'm like, oh, he's actually got, he's, he's got a pretty strong voice. And I think um, if I was given the chance to kind of um, make it sound the best it possibly could, um, Are you I think people would like it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think people would like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With uh, audio. No, I think with uh, just like being able to vocal produce it myself, I think it would be really fun. Are you saying right here, right now, that you want to put James Charles on a record? Uh, well, the, the original idea was a sing-off. Okay. But, but to put him on an original song, that's another idea, maybe. Maybe throw him on uh, I as don't a know feature. If, it depends on whether that's what he wants to do. I don't know. Did you I see him down. sing the Star Spangled Banner or the National Anthem? I didn't see that. No. What was that? He, he did it at Staples Center. For, oh, I didn't see for it. For one of the influencer basketball games. Oh, I must have missed that one. Damn, I, get, I didn't see that. Get on your that. little computer. <laughs> Google it. Um, by the way, from this moment forward, are we going to make it clear to all artists that you must get credit on the record if your voice is on it? Um, I'm a little upset with Alessa still. Oh, right. oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I think it was it was an artistic decision, I guess. I don't know. I remember when he told me, I was like, whatever, cool. Yeah, you're cool. I was. I don't. I don't mind. You roll with it. I think, and, and it was, and it, and it was interesting because there were a lot of comments like on the YouTube, like, "Oh, why isn't you know that's not fair? Why have you not credited Connor?" And I was, oh, I don't care, whatever, like type thing. I think that if that was, you know, you know, I think I don't think Travis Travis Scott didn't credit a single feature on his album, did he? Even Drake. Mm. None of his songs say featuring anyone. Artistic, whatever. Artistic Still got decision. paid. Yeah, exactly. I don't, yeah, I'm like, wait. Did I get paid? check come through. No, no, that was all sorted out. But um, yeah, no, I think um, yeah, I, I think it was just an artistic decision. I don't, I don't know what the reasoning behind it was, but well, I thank you for your time. No, your thank energy, you for having me, guys. Your stories. Um, and I only oh, invite yeah. you here today to make it clear that I'm inviting you once again for Thanksgiving. I can't wait. I'll be waiting for you. Well, it's, it's the 28th, isn't it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That my 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 American tour have just finished. <laughs> A week before. Come on. So I'm going to be here. So perfect.
Mikasa Sukasa, we will have a birthday cake for you. Can't wait. <laughs> Connor Maynard, please give your ears his music. <laughs> please. <laughs> Thank you for hanging in. Thank you, Randy. We're good. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.